Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Two Up Top. Um, it is our debate show, debate show number seven, and we've got a couple of cracking topics to be discussing tonight. A little bit later than usual, but it's uh, well worth it. So, um, I suppose I better introduce a few of the guests that we got on tonight's show. So, we've got Dylan joining me again. What's happening? So, how, how, how you doing, mate? What's happening? How are we? Everyone good? Very well, mate. Very well. Uh, and I've also got Mike, who's come over from the Blue Boys Network, a massive podcasting fan and a big Everton supporter, obviously. So no fights, you two, because I know one side's red, one side's blue. And listen, I'm just you might have to go in the middle here, Steve. I'm, yeah, I was going to say, you need listen. to separate us. <laughs> <laughs> listen, we both know Spurs have got no backbone, so I can't sit in the middle of anything. So. <laughs> well, you <laughs> so how are you doing, Mike? How are you? It's good to have you on. Yeah, mate, good, brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a busy, busy week. Obviously, we had the build up to the derby, so it's just video after video after video going out on the channel. Um, looks like we might hit 7k tonight while we're on stream. So I'm sitting there thinking, so if you see me look at my phone and all of a sudden <laughs> celebrate, then uh, you know, it'd be nice to, nice to hit a milestone. We'd have a thousand subs in a month, which is you know, phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty um, good. And obviously, we we did get lucky against Liverpool the weekend. So uh, it, it's it's been a good weekend. Let's say that it's been a good weekend. But it has been a good weekend if you're a Liverpool fan. Um, no, it hasn't. Not really, is it? Like, let's be honest. You've lost uh, what Van Dijk, Thiago's out, Dylan. Like, yeah. it's a bit of a nightmare Matt, for you, really. Matt, isn't it? it looks like he's had a little injury as well. Yeah, he's so, out as well. Yeah, oh, from, the, from the looks of it. Yeah, we got we had a little message come through before saying Matt, it looks like he's going to be out. So. Uh, I don't honestly. I don't know what's going to go on this season. And also, the I've had even worse weekend. Celtic got beat by Rangers as well, lads. So, yeah. First this weekend has been terrible for me. Time. A long time. So, but we'll come back to those later. So, really, the first topic I want to kind of go through. Really, we were talking about Everton, and actually, we regularly ask the question on the show: What are Everton? But with everything that's happened over this season, do you know what? I think we need to actually spend some time having a real chat around what has gone on at Everton Football Club. So, I mean, where where do we even start? Do we start with Ancelotti and what he's brought into the club? Do we start with Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Do we start with, can you sustain this? Where do you want to start? I think first and foremost... Because Gav come up with this idea of that what is Everton section, and I, honestly, I could just say I could murder him as an understanding. Yeah, I think. Look, I think for Everton, it's been Everton have had a lot of money now for a long time, and they wasted it. Mm. You know, we all know yeah. they've spent four, five hundred million pounds on crap: Klassen, yeah. Balassi, Sandro, ten ten. Pl- yeah, yeah. I mean, the one season they signed Sigurdsson. Klassen and Rooney in the same season, all to do the same job, took all the pace out of the team. And I I said then, I said, if Everton want to be a top team, or they want to get to that level, you know, competing with Liverpool's, Man City's, the Spurs, you know, the the Man United's, um, they need a man who's been there. They need to get a man who has done it. Otherwise, you can bring in the best talent in the world, but they can't manage it. We've seen it at Barcelona, and I'm pretty confident we're going to see, see it with Koeman at Barcelona as well. It doesn't work. You need quality. Poch got it right with Spurs, but he didn't win anything. He, he, he almost won something. Yeah. Ancelotti yeah. was the biggest appointment in Mashiri's reign. 
it was so key. It was so important because the whole mentality around Everton Football Club changed. And, and the key game for us was the derby at Anfield last season. It was an absolute joke of a performance from Everton. Liverpool played us off the park and easily could have scored 10 goals that night. We looked completely different the moment Ancelotti walked in. We didn't get the results last season, but that was because we didn't have a midfield. I mean, no, no. one can sit here and say Tom Davis is a midfielder. No, he's terrible. Uh, well, <laughs> did, can I just say something, Mike? Right. Of course you can, yeah. I've, obviously, I've got a few um, Evertonian mates. And yeah, yeah. One, I, I was saying to him, listen, lads, you just need a midfield. I'll tell you what, who was fantastic for you last season? Gomez. I really rated Gomez last season. I said to all the lads, I said, listen, this kid, he, he, Gomez, is he's a joke. You need someone who can play next to him. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? You're going to sign three new midfielders. And I was like, hang on, I said you need one, not three. But he fits <laughs> yeah, yeah. perfectly in that midfield, doesn't he? Like, it, it's, it's, like, it's like as if all of a sudden you signing these three midfielders have just turned your team from, as you were saying before, you need a couple of, you need, need a couple of good players. And the and the balance is unreal. It's not like as if mm. you've you know, as we say before, there's one season where you bought four, five, tens. This is like yeah. you've bought you've bought a six, you've bought an eight, you bought the core eight, you can play in a in a vary of all the all the yeah, positions. Yeah. Yep. And it, I think player. yesterday I think good yesterday player. he was your probably your best player in that midfield. He was the one who was breaking a lot of stuff down. Yeah, it was it was interesting for us because you know, the moment the moment we signed Alan. I thought, yeah. you know, and I was on the Spursy podcast um, with Sava, and I spoke to him and I says, look, we've been linked with Hoiberg, we've been linked with Alan. The one I want is Alan. I know he's going to cost more, but I, I want Alan. Yeah. Because he, he's proven it against top teams. You know, he played for Napoli in the Champions League. You know, he, he, he played against Liverpool and had a great game. And that's, yeah. and that's that sort of, you know, that, that for us coming in, that, that grit and that passion, we didn't have that. You're right about Gomez. Gomez has improved. Actually, his worst game of this season was against you lot. Yeah, um, he didn't I, I would have hurt, hauled him off at half-time. But the, the, the balance has changed for Everton because the midfield, Allen and Decore, shield everything that hits the defence. Defensively, yeah. Everton aren't great. Mina's slow, Keeney's slow. In the yeah. air, they're fine. If you turn them... Yeah. You hurt us, and and but they give that extra bit of cover, and then yeah. you have the Gomez and the Corre who can either carry the ball or release the ball to Rodriguez. Luca Dean will be on the overlap, and then the way that we play is Richarlison will go front post, and Calvert Lewin goes back post, and whichever one gets to the ball yeah. first gets the shot off. That's a different Everton to last season. That's a different Everton. I think it's a different mentality to last season as well, it's, and historically that's, that's been the, the issue. We never say die now. Yeah, we never say yep. die now. We went into that derby um, on Saturday as a group of fans that genuinely believed, genuinely believed yeah, we were favourites for that game. You he's know, dead. Liverpool had just come off a seven-two drubbing at Villa. You know, there wasn't. You know, you, we meant you mentioned it earlier, earlier, Dylan, about you know Van Dijk and and the aerial threat of Calvert Lewin and how we'd nullify it. We walked into that game thinking. Van Dijk isn't the same player he was last season, you know, and, and that's that confidence, that's that mentality as a fan group going, well, if Villa can stick seven past them, what are Everton going to do to them? Yeah. Now, obviously, it was very over-optimistic, but, you know, when you're top of the league and Everton haven't been in a long time, 
and you're scoring goals. We've scored 14 goals this season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's got seven. You yeah. kind of sit there and you think, we shouldn't be scared to play anyone at Goodison. And that's a long time coming, that mentality. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with your midfield. It has to do with the midfield. I think the, the shield that you get from uh, Alan and, and Decore yeah. will protect that back four from a lot yeah. of things. When you, I mean, you're talking about a midfield that celebrates a tackle. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, like they don't just yeah. make a tackle. They make the tackle and they celebrate it like it's a goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the mentality that's been brought in. That's the, the metal and the bite that's come into that midfield. You're right. At the back end of the goalkeeping area, I still think they've got problems. Yeah. Um, it, you know That needs to be addressed long term. I don't think that's going to be in something that is going yeah. to allow them at, at the minute to break that top four. I don't think they'll break the top four. Hmm. But I don't think that there's no way they're going to be a mid-table club at the minute. No. They're not. No. I think, I think the, the, the positive for us this season has been um, Michael Keane. Michael Keane's been uh, uh, literally a different player to last season. I agree. Um, he, he really has. Airily, he's reading the game better. It's unfortunate that he's got Pickford behind him. But then, look, I mean, we'll talk about the game, no doubt. Henderson's goal should have stood and Pickford should have saved. It, it, it bounces off his arm. But he made two phenomenal saves before that, that that kept us in the game. You know, he made one where I think it was a free kick. It was the literally... Yeah, Matty Pedder was, I'm not going to say Gordon Banks style, but it was esque. You know, he got yeah. there, he clawed it out. It was a phenomenal, brilliant save. But he's capable of that, Pickford. But he's yeah. also he's capable a... of losing concentration. I don't think he's got great command of his box. He hasn't. And he uh, makes some I'll... rash decisions. His head goes a lot, doesn't it, lads? Can yeah, you see yeah, this he... Mike? He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's... I always say, and I hate to say it, he reminds me of Joe Hart. There was no doubt Joe Hart was a talented goalkeeper, but you'd see him in the tunnel slapping his head, getting all like, and you yeah. can get over-pumped, over-excited for games, oh, over-eager. Oh, yeah. The only thing I see with Joe Hart is he was always very vocal, and I don't yeah. see that with Pickford. He reminds me of my old goalkeeper, Gomez, Aurelio <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gomez. He can pull off a worldie, but yeah. the concentration level... And the ability to just make a horrendous mistake is too regular for me. Yeah, yeah. For a goalkeeper that's in a top four, top six side. Yeah. And if Everton wants to take that next step forward, they've got to address the goalkeeper situation. Yeah. As we're talking there, Steve, you know, like um, Mike, was it was it only was it was he playing for you when he played Newcastle? And I think you were winning, and then he started doing he started doing all like um, like laughing and all this. Next year, yeah, you can yeah. see two goals, don't he? Yeah, yeah. 93rd minute, we're 2 0 up at home last season. Um, he, he, he makes a mistake and he saves the ball on the line. And there's a picture of him with his tongue out like this. Within two minutes of that, we, we're, we're 2 2. Um, and that's concentration. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's concentration. It gets to his head. And he, yeah. yeah. You can't, and if he's still a young him. keeper, I mean, he's still a young keeper in comparison to the ages that keepers you know, generally have careers in. But if you were talking to a keeper that was 21, 22, 23, you'd sort of just rush it off and go, no, nah, that's immaturity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at his age, as an experienced Premier League goalkeeper, England's an experienced England international, yeah, yeah. that's just not acceptable. He, he's not, he's not, 
I'm, look, I won't come in here and just sit here like and just drill Pickford. But everyone on my channel knows I don't rate him. I don't rate him. I didn't rate him last season. I haven't massively rated him since we signed him because there was all this hype about his distribution at Sunderland. I'm not being funny. If you're Sunderland Football Club when we signed him, they've had 188 shots at them. Of course, of <laughs> He's course. He's going to get a few of them. Of course you're going to save some. Of course you're going to look but, good yeah. with, your sh- with your shot and save ratio. Of course you are because, yeah. you know, if they concede 100 goal, he's kept 88 out the net. You know, and everyone remembers the brilliant saves you make. The facts are, he was never, in my opinion, he was he was never really good enough. The keeper I wanted at the time we needed a goalkeeper was, you know, I wanted us to go out and be ambitious. You know, we, we had all this money. I wanted to go and get Donnarumma from Milan. That was four years ago. You know, I wanted to see us go out and and look, Pickford, Pickford two years ago was the least of our concerns, to be fair. You know, he was playing well. He had a good World Cup with England or a good Euros. He was fine. He was, he was fine. But you're now seeing more and more mistakes. And I genuinely would say there's been a mistake again, even though... The saves that he made against Liverpool on Saturday, some people give him out of the match for. Yeah, because wow. he did. He did actually keep us in the game. You know, he, ke- he did had, keep us in the game. If we would have had a goalkeeper who could have made them saves. Because look, look at I think it was the second one. Or not actually. The first the one goes straight through Andrian. The first one goes straight through his, his hands. Straight through his hands. Straight at him. But you know, you're saying there, don't make about um, the goalkeepers. And when you normally finish bottom of the league, your goalkeeper normally has the best save percentage. Look at yeah. um, look at Ramsdale last season. He had, I think, I, I don't think he had one of the best of seasons. But because he was making all these saves, all of a sudden he gets put straight in there. Um, but like you were saying, like we were saying before about managers and that, right? Like when 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 Jurgen came to Liverpool, we felt the love, yeah, yeah. And I can I can honestly say, hand on heart, now. Use a feeling it because yeah yeah everyone everyone walks around now and uh, do you know like the BM the BM Moretti yeah yeah now they've all got like Carlos Ancelotti yeah 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 instead of Moretti instead of the guy make your way t-shirt we were on and I love it mate because it's like <laughs> it's like yeah you've got great like friend like you know what I mean like yeah, we, yeah. we're doing this over there you're doing this and it's it's bringing happiness into the city you know what I mean it's a uh... <sighs> Irrespective of the game on Saturday, and there's been a lot of stuff said on Twitter. There's been a, you know, I I made a video on some of the the, the comments, the the discussion about the accident, the the you know the tackles and whatever, and comparing it to previous and whatever. And look, you can literally sit there all day. Yeah. Liverpool at the minute, in terms of a footballing city. Probably up until Saturday, you know, obviously you have lost a few good players but the facts are it's in a good place you've got two good managers you've got two good teams you've got teams that have managers that want to win believe in winning you've got the new stadium turning up as well we've got the new stadium you know Anfield's been renovated it's I think they're doing the other step yeah 62,000 will be exactly so you know the, the city of Liverpool as a footballing culture is on the way up yeah. And, you know, after the derby, you know, say, I don't know, say in a couple of weeks' time, a week's time, 
Everton Liverpool fans will sit there and they, although on a, on a derby day, we, we absolutely despise each other. Yeah. The facts are there is a mutual respect because the, yeah, is, you know it's, it's... they're like two they're like two brothers they're they're yeah. two brothers as a club yes but that's they, it. he calls a friendly derby don't we ex- exactly and look it's not a friendly derby on the pitch no. it very rarely is I mean you could probably the player you hate most for Everton the player I hate most for Liverpool is is Robertson. Because he's like a pitbull. Pickford, I hate Pickford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And that and that's fair enough, you know. It, 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 but every team has got that. I know why you hate Robbo, but in another way, that's why I love Robbo. You know, what exactly. I mean? like, he loves, exactly. He loves to get like he loves to get he's in just your face. He's he just snide. He's, yeah. And it's that's it's what just... our rivalry should be. You know, exactly. Yeah. There should be the ability that both fans can respect both sides. And generally come together afterwards and discuss the game. Yeah. It, that's the and, whole point of what football's there for. It's there to bring everybody together, to give you something yeah. to talk about, to entertain you, to breed a passion and a love for something. I don't know whether that's just a city as well, though. I don't know whether that's just actually in the like that's actually just a city because as the city, the, the people, of the city were brought together by you know obviously the yeah. tragedy and all stuff mm. like that. But yeah. like ever since then, I, I love. The fact that Everton like paid their respects to it every se- every single season oh, yeah. because they lost family members as well. But that's what I mean. Like yeah. that's where the respect, you know, it's as much as as much as like two weeks or something like that, you might get like banter on Facebook. But after that, it's it's back to hugs, kisses, you know what I mean? Well not kisses because COVID won't let it. <laughs> yeah. So let's take this back to the match. And obviously in the match there was a, a quite a major incident involving Pickford, yeah. Uh, the result of which has obviously seen uh, Van Dijk out for yeah. pretty much the season. Yeah, um, that's whole season. Yeah, yeah. It will. I think it will be the season, despite what they're saying. Um, it'll ruin his international. It'll ruin his uh, international from the looks of it as well. He's out for yeah. Holland from the looks of it. Yeah. So I think he'll come back for it. I mean, he's, he's still twenty nine. I think he'll get come back. The, the the medical treatments that they got nowadays is far better yeah. than what it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So for Liverpool fans, I think you'll still see the same Van Dyke that you had once he's gone through a proper rehabilitation programme, so long as he's not rushed back. I but, don't want the Van Dyke that's, that, that we just lost, you know what I mean? I want the Van Dyke from two years ago, me. <laughs> but never know. He says he's going to come back stronger. But where do we stand in terms of Pickford? Uh, should it have been a red card? I'll let, I'll let Mike start with this one. Yeah. So, I, so I'll just go straight in through this. Ball comes over. Pickford does what any good goalkeeper should do, which is make himself big. Like he does. He spreads his legs, his arms are up. He makes himself big. He times it horribly. Horribly. There's no getting around it. And as someone who has broken, who has, who has done an ACR and a knee break, I know how bad that was. I knew as soon as it happened, I sat there on stream like, that's a bad one. Like, you know, there's no, there was no laughing from me. There was nothing. I knew it was a bad one. Um, Jordan Pickford got incredibly lucky by ridiculous rules that are now in the Premier League. That should have been reviewed and it should have been given as a red card. There's, there is no doubt in my mind that was a red card and a three-game ban as a result. The fact it was given offside basically meant that Pickford is a very, very, very lucky boy. Agreed. But 
Do do, do I think should retrospective punishment be put in place? Personally, I agree with what Carragher said last night, which is he he is suffering at home. There is no doubt when you injure someone to that extent. And I don't believe Pickford would do it deliberately because he's done what a goalkeeper would do. He's come out to make himself big. You can't... He's deliberately done that, but I don't think he's deliberately gone into you know, snap Van Dyke's knee in half. I don't think he's done that. I so, think it was reckless. It was It was definitely reckless. And it was out of control. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure it but, was deliberate because I don't believe... Exactly. I, I don't and, believe any professional, apart from the odd occasion where we've seen with Roy Keane. Roy Keane, yeah. <laughs> but I don't believe in general professionals generally want to go out and injure another yeah. professional. I don't think that's in their makeup. They might want to the get them out of the game. I don't, I don't give him a ban. That's the reason I don't give him a ban because I don't, I don't believe there was the intent. It was an accident. It was a there's, accident. There's a lot of talk on social media at the minute about yeah. whether or not there should be some kind of res, uh, retrospective review and whether or not players, if they've deemed to have injured another player and they have injured another player, whether or not the person that caused that injury should actually serve the same length of time out of the game as the person that's actually taken the injury um I mean, where do you go dylan where do you guys stand with that i what's, what's your take on what's your take on pickford as well i'm just in, i'm you know from an everton perspective i'm interested because it's a I, it's a good debate i i personally i i like to like before we crack on with that say i'd like to just go like back back just like a little bit there yeah, yeah. i if you watch it back lads and it really, this really done my head in a lot, right? If you watch Pickford, the way Pickford stands over Van Dyke once he's done it, if you watch it, Pickford literally stands over him like a heavyweight champion would do after he's just knocked him out. He literally stood, stands over him, and like again, like like we were talking before about like the way he's like a bit like Joe Harty and he's a bit like he's a bit, mm. uh, yeah. you know, a bit bit like rust in his head. Yeah, yeah. He's he's looking down on him and he looks like he's like. Giving them loads of crap, yeah, and that's why why all the Liverpool players were coming around and going. And, and if you watch it, Pickford's pushing the players back. It's as if he's saying, like, I know he, I know he hasn't probably gone out to hate him, but he's gone in there with some intention in my eyes. Like, you don't fly. I've been a goalkeeper, mate. You don't fly in like that, yeah. It, unless you know, because one, you don't fly in like that because there's a risk of giving away the penalty, but also. When we're talking about the new rules, United got a got, got a penalty after the game, after the final whistle had been blown. But the Van Dyke was not actually blown for offside when when Pickford went into him. So so Pick so uh, Van Dyke had no time to actually slow down or stop. All for all Van Dyke knew, Van Dyke was onside because there was no whistle, no flag got put up. He was continuing his run. Next thing you know, Pickford comes out and classes him. So. My argument with this is, why has Pickford not been carded? Because, say if it was Richarlison, one-on-one on, one on one with the keeper, but he's been he's, he's offside, but because of the new stupid rule, the linesman don't have to put the finger up, they could play, play on, and Robbo or someone else comes behind him and, and takes him out. Is that not a red card then? That's that's the question in my eyes, lads. Like, and, and, I, and I'll get that. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that comment. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely agree with that comment. The the issue, the issue that's different to that is if 
you might well. If Richarlison is running in, he, he's still going to play football. It's still going to go on. They're still going to be running at the same pace and Robbo's yeah. going to take him out, whatever. So I get your stank, I get your point. But even, even if... It's because of the segments of play, isn't it? It's because they've rolled it back to the first section, which is VAR's decision on yep. the offside. And they haven't took it that step further and gone, is that on gentleman conduct or, you know, however they'd look at it after. So I absolutely agree with that comment because yeah. there's times when players have won. And I think it happens in the game at the weekend on Sunday when one of the players was offside and ran 35 yards, got a shot off, and then they pulled it back halfway up the pitch. But, it was but the time goes off 15, the corner. 20... But it's yeah. the new rules. It's the, it's the we, I mean, we could have a whole show yeah, on debate oh, VAR and how the rules make no sense whatsoever. Um, but, you know, I think, I think personally it was it was completely the wrong decision. Whether or not we point the finger at VAR, whether or not we point the finger at the officials, hmm. it doesn't matter here and where. For me, it was, it was the wrong decision. It should have been a red card. No yeah. doubt about it. Um, going back to, as I say, the debates that are going around on social media at the minute. So, this whole piece of well, if you've injured a player and he's out for nine months, you know you should serve uh, a nine-month ban as well. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy proposal. But how? I mean, where would you even draw the line? Because straight away you're going. It doesn't what work. Accidentals. What happens it if it is accidental? It doesn't. It doesn't work. Son. No disrespect to Son. Everton and Tottenham fans completely disagree with what happened last year with Young Min Son and Andre Gomez. They completely disagree, just like you know, football's opinions, isn't it? Um, you know, Everton fans say Son went in with intent, Andre's ankle was facing the wrong way. Tottenham fans go, he's not that type of player, in no way went in with intent. It's exactly the same debate as right now, you know. Yeah. And and I, and I would absolutely say that about Son. <laughs> you know, he was distraught when we look back exactly, at that injury exactly. and that red card. That's not a player that goes in there wants to injure them it, and comes out going, "Yes, job done." It, exactly. So it's not fair to hold it against him for the seven months Gomez was out. Do you get what I mean? And that, yeah. Was, and where would you draw the difficult. line? Because well, if you go down those sorts of realms, you're back into interpretation of rules. You can't. Which referee can't. says? that was intent versus one that says, well, no, that wasn't intent. That was, yeah, it's all back into their interpretation of excessive force and that the player's characteristics and their version of how they interpret the game and the flow of the game. I think you're into a whole new painful world if we go down that road. What I would say from, from the pizza thing, as an, as an Everton fan, and there'll be people that disagree with me, I'll probably get shot down in the comments. <laughs> I expected Pickford to get a three-game ban today. I expected I expected him to be given like a, a retrospective ban of three games. That's what I, you know. Yeah. I thought. Um, I was surprised that no action was taken. I actually think that he should have had a ban of some type. Carragher said about them going back and you know what you've just said, and that I don't I don't agree with. But a game, three games, a red card now. It was a reckless challenge and it yeah. fully justifies it. And he'll just do it again, though, because I think that was his third or fourth risky challenge he's done just this season. The first one was against Deli Alley, if you remember, Steve. Yeah. Like he came out, he just, he could have broke, he could have easily broke Deli Alley's leg. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, he, 
this is where this is where it, this is where it, it comes. Like, where where do you where do you protect the players? At what point do you actually turn around and you have to protect these players who were when you got keepers like this who are diving out like that and they get nothing because keepers get looked after nowadays more than anything. But equally, when, but that's a keeper's job. You've got to dive. You've got to dive at people's feet. I mean, we've still, dive with your hands, bro. It. Dive with your hands. But, yeah, but, uh, if I go all the way back, most keepers going back through the early nineties, that's what they were taught to do: dive with their hands. Actually. The one keeper that we praise as being the one that changed how modern goalkeepers were looking. Peter Schmeichel. Oh yeah. And he never yeah, dove. Yeah, yeah. He went That's with his feet. Say. He yeah. was big as possible and he would Petr leave Cech. his feet. Petr Cech, he had his head caved in because he did exactly the same thing. You know, it, it it's 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 a really difficult one because keepers Keepers are praised for flying out and getting a hand on a on a ball, or you know, yep. getting a, a body part on the line. I just don't. I don't think you can change the rules. I think it was. I, I absolutely get where Liverpool fans are saying. I get what you're saying. I really do. I just don't. I don't think you can change the way a goalkeeper goal keeps. I, I don't think you can, and it's a difficult. Position to play at the best of times, and you do need to be a little bit on the on the mad side. Oh, like you need to be nuts to be a goalkeeper, and so, mentally very strong as well because it's a lonely old place. Yeah, knowing the fact you can pull off ten horrible. amazing saves and you know save your team, but you make and one then you can mistake. see the last minute goal in the whole team, and that's it. You know that that could be the end of your team's game. You all you made was one mistake, um, but it's, I don't it's, think it's, change it. But it, it, and. And equally, and again, I'm not digressing. Well, I am slightly, but you know, you saw we saw it yesterday. For example, there was um, there was a defender for, I think it, yeah, West Ham. It was Declan Rice. He's on the deck as Havertz is trying to run in and shoot. He's stick. He's literally crawling across the deck. I've saw it with John Terry. He's crawling across the deck to get his face in front of the ball. You know, because yeah. he's on the floor already. Are we going to tell players to stop doing that because they're going to get their face taken off? No, nah, that's it, that's different though. That's different though because that's that's you putting that's you losing your body as 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 anything gets in the way, John Terry. But this is there's a difference between using your body to get a block in instead of throwing your feet at someone to try and tackle them last minute and when you're the goalkeeper. This what I'm saying. Like, but did he? It's, but did he try and not, tackle Van Dijk? Because Van Dijk went to pass the mate, ball across the box, mate, and his legs are spread. You can't his legs be are spread. You, you can't be like you can't you can't be two foot off the ground. Yeah, and so, and so you go for the ball. I, I don't think it was deliberate to it's set like, out to go and injure him. It's like, Richard, I think it's, it's like Richardson's Richardson's way right to get red carded because that's knee height. Oh yeah. Again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so the both of them are both of the exact same height in tackle. Both of them got near enough the same impact, and... but they didn't. They didn't because if you if you look, Pickford hits Van Dyke's knee with his well, what it looks like his cock. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the back of his knee. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not yeah. like he's gone. He's not gone two foot. You know, it's not like he's fly kicked him. He's got. He's gone in, timed it wrong, absolutely. But he's tried to block the ball going across the box by putting his body in a star. You know, his arms are up, his legs are split, and it's hit him. He's hit his, his knee is literally polaxed the middle of his of his legs, like that. Right in the middle. I don't think I mean we we can I mean we've talked about this quite a lot so far. And, and it's fair enough, and it's a straight red and it is reckless, 
and it yep. is over the top and it was out of control. Did he com- deliberately go out to go and injure him? No, I don't think he did. I just think he's just <laughs> reckless. And... He is reckless. He is reckless. There's no and doubt about I, it. I agree with you. I think if it was me, I'd be more than comfortable going, he should have a retrospective ban, if nothing else. But to give him the idea that he needs to sit down, take a look at the way he approaches the games and perhaps have a little bit of time out for what has happened. I don't even think it necessarily hinder Everton. No. I, I don't well, think losing pitch no. from the goalkeeping position will suddenly you know, derail their season. I don't think it will. Um but it should have been. I, but it's not the case, and that's, and that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. And and as I say, with, with Dylan, and, and equally all the Liverpool fans watching this, I 100% agree, or not agree, sorry, but understand why they're thinking that. Because as an Everton fan, we thought exactly the same as Son last season. And, and Stephen, you rightly disagree. It's, it, yeah. it's football. It goes back to the common no, thing. I, it's football. I know. I, I do. I, I, I do admit, like, he didn't, he didn't intentionally do it. When I say he did, he did I'm messing, you know what I mean? It's just like a bit like, as we were saying before, we haven't like been a banter, but yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like, that's his fourth time he's done it this season. It is, it is, I'm just saying like, when there needs to be a time where, you know, you've got to look after players as well. You know what I mean? You can't just have that. It needs to be looked into as well. Like, I'm just, that, that, I'm just using devil, devil, devil's advocates or whatever to call it. You know no, what I mean? Fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's understandable. So the question I now have is, and as we keep saying, what are Everton? A genuine threat is the comments we're getting. And do you know what? It's your best start since, was it 1894, I think? Best ever start to a season ever. Um, um, we ca- ca- yeah, Calvert-Lewin is on fire. Yeah, he's got 13 Premier League goals, I think, last year. He's got seven already. Um, we're like, we haven't even, we're not even got to Christmas. So yeah. can they... Do Everton have the ability to win anything? I think the last was an FA Cup in 95. I think it was a pull right yeah. out of goal against Man United. It was, yeah. It was. Can they win anything this season? Are they that much of a threat? Um, I don't think anyone will want to play us home. I don't, I don't think anyone will want to play us at Goodison. I think they will have a really tough game. Um, Which is interesting because without the fans, who everyone classes as the 12th player on the pitch anyway... A lot of that atmosphere and that intensity is gone now. Home and away is nothing more than a change of stadium and a change of pitch. Yeah. Uh, I I have my I'll I'll tell you my opinion on that in a minute, but I think that I do think that's partly to do with it. Um the the thing I'd say about Everton is we are a threat to win something. Not necessarily because our squad is the best or it's good enough to be top four or it's Ancelotti. He he every single player that goes onto that field for Everton and and, and equally was seen it in other games is better than they were last season. Whether it be Seamus Coleman, who we all thought was finished last season. We all thought he was finished. He got turned a new one against Josh King last game of the season. We lost four one at home to Bournemouth. He starts this season really well. Yes, he got turned by Robertson, but you know you can't. I can't sit there and discredit Robertson for being a good, a good left back. So, no. you know he got turned by Robertson, but Seamus Coleman looks a completely different player. You look on the left side, Luca Dean. In my Gosh. opinion, uh, in my opinion, and again we'll have this debate, but 
He's certainly, in my opinion, he's the best left back. But to most people, he's in the top three. So you know, in the world, in the, in the world, or in the league, in the, in the league. league. Yeah, I'd, I'd take him as a top three. Um, I'd, I still I'd think Robertson's better yeah. on the left hand side. Yeah, I'd yeah, say no, the yeah. only player who's better in, in my eyes is Robbo. He's like, he's like, I'd say he's the left back version of Trento, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and and I think this season with Calvin with Calvin Lewin as well, he is going to be. It, last season, he was your most created play, most yes. creative player, where he, you know what I mean. Yeah. This season with the Calvin Lewin, the former Calvin Lewin's been on. The world will get to see how good that Luca Dini really is. But he, not... he, st- he started for France, and, and 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 that's where you sort of gauge. And he's now starting again for France, a team yeah. that we all know is. is but a very am good I right to say, mate, that, that Carlos doesn't actually take the training sessions? If that's Duncan, um, it, it, to be honest, from what I understand, is Carlo takes some of the sessions. Yeah, Duncan implements what Carlo is saying yeah. alongside his son. Um, David Ancelotti was also there. Yeah, because so, that's what I was. I was told that basically Carlos t- tells tells um, Duncan what what he mm. wants to do. He goes and does it, and he goes and like basically sits up and watches watches them all doing it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Duncan, and you couldn't have had a better person than Duncan Ferguson, could you? Really, you know well, what? What when... was Alex Ferguson known for? The the hairdryer, yes, yeah, human, yeah. mate. You, you do anything against Duncan Ferguson, mate, you're going to get the exactly the same treatment. You know what I mean? And that's why, I think. And also, he's helped He's helped um, Calvin, Calvin Phillips. Was, oh, yeah. yeah. He, no, not, not Calvin Phillips. Um, Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Lewin. Yeah, he's helped Calvin Lewin big time, mate. He likes him a lot. Yeah, you can I mean, tell. Uh, last season, he mentioned that several times that he really likes Calvert-Lewin. He, he saw something in Calvert-Lewin that Everton fans at one point didn't. You know, he's, he's been at the club two and a half years. And before last season, it was a complete flop, in my opinion. I was there at the start of last season saying, loan him to Sheffield United, get rid of him, I'm finished. You know, it was a young lad. He'd had enough of an opportunity. He's not good enough. We need a striker. We were fuming last summer. We didn't get a striker. And he scores 15 goals last season. He has a really poor period after lockdown really poor and we think yeah. well is that his is that his purple patch now we need a striker again he scored 11 goals this season one included for england three in the um carabao cup and seven in the league you know 11 goals in what is it nine games um it, it's 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 the inside numbers in it it's it's brilliant yeah it's 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 brilliant for him because He's come across as a nice lad. He's always worked hard, and that's the reason he's still at Everton. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. Um, well, Carlos has always liked him, and he Carlos wants him out here, yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah. But he's it, getting the it, better it, out of him. I mean, he has. And, he's, it, there's no doubt about it. He's improved. His heading was always a good part of his game, but it's yeah. the way that he's now reading and anticipating where he needs to get inside that box to actually make the connections. It, I think it, that's the biggest growth that I've seen in Calvert-Lewin. It's it's almost like he's gone from being a player that could get you goals by by just getting ahead of every so often. Yeah. And he's always been good in the air. Um, 
to actually having that movement, that that holding up the ball, that he, he did loads of work. You know, as Everton fans, you know, you see the Instagram pictures, you see the stories on on Snapchat and whatever. This guy is literally a guy that spent the whole of lockdown in his garage working on in gym, working on his sprinting pace, working on, and he look he looks a man. He doesn't look a stick in yeah, he does. He look, no, he's boxed. Yeah, yeah, he looks a man. He, and you know what? I'll go as far as saying the last season Tottenham had Bale, 2013-14, I think it was, or, yeah. or 12-13. Same stature, very fast. He's, he's been recorded as the fastest player in the league this season so far. He is giving Everton so much that you trust you trust him to score. He could not be in the game for 89 minutes, have one chance in the box. And you trust him to be there, yeah. and I didn't have that this time last season. Do you Everton, think that... Sorry, Everton, in my opinion, will have no better season to finish in the top four. Which obviously, I know the pair of you disagree with. That's absolutely fair enough. No, I think you but can get top four easy. Everton, ever this is the year that Everton are going to do it because Man United. Yeah, they got a four-one, but they look. They play anyone decent, they look the poor. Top heavy, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Spurs. No disrespect to Spurs because as as Savino's got all the time in the world for Spurs. Defensively, concern me. They seem to lose <laughs> their head. I mean, you know, and that's no disrespect. Liverpool again. Look, Liverpool were definitely. No, we're, be finished. we're finished. We're finished. We don't don't rule this. Well, they're going to struggle. But well, they're going to struggle now. You, you yeah, know, and that's not a criticism. Think we got a Champions League. Oh, I, think, I think you'll finish top four. I think you'll you'll definitely finish top four. Finish top four. Yeah, you'll know. finish top I four. I, I don't, don't think you'll win the league. For me, you've lost the three big lost parts lost of that team. Maybe. You've lost, lost your spine. spine. You've lost, you've Allison. lost your spine. Allison's out for two months, right? Yeah. So there's our goalkeeper. Van Dijk's out for eight months. Thiago's out. Um, we're, we're literally now on bare boat. But you, but you looked good we're not, last we're not season without Thiago. I think everyone puts us in the same category as City, whereas they go like, uh, Laporte, oh, it's like if Van Dijk's like losing Laporte, it's like we've like it's like we lost Kevin De Bruyne and Laporte, and we haven't got and we haven't got the bench like City. Liverpool last season had a been... fantastic eleven, but they didn't have the depth of squad. Yeah, what they exactly. benefited from was that they were very fortunate to not get any injuries to any yeah. of their major key players. And, and, and when Salah did get injured, that's when we all saw Mane step up. Yeah. yeah, but Bobby and Bobby hasn't been. Bobby scored three goals or two goals in twenty-three appearances. He's not he, good enough. The the stat that that scared me about Firmino is the fact that he's not had a shot in 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 what is it three games or something. Yeah. Which for for a team like Liverpool who create numerous opportunities, no matter who they play, yeah, that that would be a worry for me. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's a worry. It's it, it's been a worry for me since. I'd say May last year. I'm, mm. I'm not even messing. Mm. I went on holiday with my mates uh, in February and we had an argument for about three hours about how Bobby is not good enough. I, I was the one who was saying, they were all saying, he is, he is, he's good enough. He's not. He's not good enough. He... I think there's a lot more to come for for a minute. I think we're being a bit harsh on him. No. no you know, he's, he's... His, main, his main game isn't really being the goal scorer. It's being the link man to link... Right. Well, two inside being, forwards together. Not being the link man anymore. Like no, no, Henderson, Henderson and Trent Arnold are. 
I think that's yeah. changing. You've only got to look at the, the likes of, as we mentioned, Spurs. Harry Kane over at Spurs. He's not operating yeah. as high at the pitch as we are. Actually, he's yeah, dropping exactly. deeper and deeper and deeper and linking the game. I think that's Thomas a new evolution. So I think you'll see probably more of Firmino dropping a little bit deeper and linking the game anyway. So I, I don't think it's a massive issue. I th- there's a long-term piece for Liverpool that says your front three is... What I think they're all twenty nine years of age now. Yes, yeah, well, they will be by the end of the season. They'll be twenty nine. But this one, like when, when I'm saying about the spine, with but with no Bobby. Well, like yeah, we've got Bobby, but he's basically not even there. He hasn't been there like last since last season. Um, and yet, like Henderson is very due for an injury. Yeah, he's been three seasons. It's not wishing on him. No, I think I'm, I'm I'm not, not out. It's not wishing another injury on him. He's crushed. It's it, it it's that. Uh, before three years, three years ago, he was every season you get injured. He could never finish a full season. The past three seasons, he hasn't he hasn't been injured. Now all of a sudden this season, he's picked up. I think he's picked up two little niggles already. So he's he's on the on the verge. Matip's out. We haven't even got a back line. We, we haven't but, got, we've got Gomez and who? Liverpool Liverpool's issue, in, in, and you are right. Strength, strength, and depth. They had a great season and the season before. Everyone forgets that they literally list, missed out in the league by what two one, points the season before. One point, one point. One point they they lost one game or two games. They got to a champion. Well, they won the Champions League final. The fact that they haven't really had a break, I'm really surprised that they hadn't burnt out earlier. And yeah. the players' bodies just can't cope with it. Yes, Van Dijk's injury. Pickford's fault. There's no getting around that. He's yeah. it, um Tiago's was was Richardson's fault. There's yeah. no getting around that. But the little niggles that, that Liverpool are going to start picking up, that's a scheduling fault. We we all yeah. know it. Top, top, Mourinho's moaned at Spurs. I think I think you played something like you played something like 26 games before December the 5th. You know, yeah. it's absolutely bonkers what these teams in Europe and playing on the FA Cups and the Carabao Cups. I can't eat it. I feel for you, to be honest. I feel for you because you've got so many games in such a short period of time. Oh, it was it was always always going to happen. Um, that, was so that yeah, spares. That was that was you. Like, I don't know what yeah. my tablet's doing. Um, you could argue the same. I think all the teams are going to have the same challenge this year. But, but that's why Everton. COVID. But that's why Everton will have a good season. Because we haven't we haven't got the same issues you love. So we're but you're saying that we think Everton can make the top four. I actually think Everton will finish third. Ooh. I think he will get top four. Me, like personally, I think they can. I actually do think they can. If they have, if they have the season that they are continuing to have, they will get it. So your doubts over whether or not you're going to get top four? Are you saying that as a Liverpool fan, you think Everton are going to get top four at the expense of Liverpool? Uh, personally, yeah, mate. Because oh, you devil's think, advocate. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I think our, um, I think our seasons, I think our seasons, Ritz, really, I do. Like, I, all you've got to do is really, really, like, if you look at the deck, like, take away the, the the amazing eleven, take away that amazing eleven, yeah, and you look at the bare roots that we've got, like they say, we've got bones, like we've we're left with nothing really, and it's I uh, we're looking at. The ginger kid van der van der Berg van der yeah van der Berg or what his name is yeah don't, don't even don't like him I hate him Gav knows him Gav likes him a lot and I said to him he's going to be a Sunday League football player in three years he's really? going to have to be the new centre half 
Right. You've got, to, you've got to remember as well, just on, on Liverpool's perspective, um, you've got to remember that they've got a very good set of kids behind them as well. You know, them yeah, kids... I don't like where, Jones as well. I know, I, I know, I know you, might, you might not, but I'm not being funny. Them kids managed to beat a first-team Everton side, managed to go to Villa and beat them last season, managed to play really well in the Carabao Cup. And no, we didn't to... beat Villa. Villa's bastards. Oh, well, who, whoever you... Well, you obviously... we, beat, we beat Arsenal. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure we beat Arsenal on penalties, and then so, Villa battered us. So these it kids, is a good youth setup. And it, 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 to be fair, yeah. it always has been a good youth setup mm-hmm. over at Liverpool. But the current crop that are coming through, I think, are more aligned to Klopp's vision of what he wanted the first team to look like. You know, the, the days of the tall, physical, athletic, dynamic players that you're bringing through. I'm going back to the likes of Stevie Gerrard. Yeah. That's a typical build to what most teams are looking for in the U setup. Yeah. Klopp has been very clear. What I want is I want really good technical, technical players. players. Yeah. And the crop that are coming through, they're not six foot four, six foot six, but they're very, very, very good technical players that have a, an understanding yeah. of how the game wants to be played. And... What I think is brilliant about how the, what they're doing with the youngsters is the way that the that those teams play is in the same style, the same formation. So when they come through to the first team, yeah, they yeah. just seem to slot in. Tell you what, though, Mike, you've got you've got a good um, good youth setup, haven't you? For, for a while, for a while, you were in the Premier League too. Every year, weren't you? We, uh, we have got some good kids. However, and, and I think it's only going to get worse. Is it was fine having those good kids, but they're not they they're not been playing in the first team. And what you're seeing is those good kids are now 23, 24 year old, and actually they're just in the under 23s because they can't get in the first team or they can't get a loan move out. So, but that's down to quality. It's, it's, down to, like it's there, is a, there is a point that you say. The quality isn't there and it, it, it needs it to improve and needs to get better. Che- I think when you look at the clubs like Chelsea, yeah, I think the quality is there in their youth setup. What they do is they just stockpile so many that I think they actually block that progressional path to actually get into the first team. I don't Which think was- that's the case with Everton. I don't yeah. think you're blocked path. I just don't think the youngsters are as good as what you need them to be. Well, again, you, you say that, but as 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 Dylan's rightly said, we, we won the league for two seasons running under twenty threes, the Premier League and the under eighteen, and the under eighteen. You know, we the kids are technically on paper they are good they're enough. The best, they're better. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you've got the best uh, you set up, and, and those kids. I think it's only Gordon who's came through. And Gordon and Kenny, and and none of us right, Kenny. No, Davis, Davis, John, John Joe Kelly, John Joe Kenny, yeah, yeah. So, no. so I'm not being funny. If these players couldn't get a game over a really poorly performing Seamus Coleman and a really, really, really bad midfield, and you know, we we had no real wingers. None of our wingers could really get in. I'm not being funny. Their paths blocked as well, and for no reason. Okay. Right, we've got a question coming through at the minute. Uh, I'm just going to bring it up, and it says. What's the crack with Holgate? I really like him. Is it competition now Godfrey is there or is time up for Mason? Can I ask you a quick uh, question with this? Does he does he now play does he now play CDM? 
No, no, he plays, no. plays centre-back. Oh, does he? Yeah, because I thought he was playing CDM. Go ahead, go ahead he, Mike. He, he did a couple of games last season. Uh, right, Duncan put him in. Oh, he was, honest to God, I'd, I'd have kept him there. Um, he, in my opinion, although Michael Keane's putting a bit of a block on that, um, he, he is our first choice number one centre-back by, by a country mile. Before he got injured, there was Everton fans, me included, saying he should be in the England squad. Um, he's 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 very good. He's very quick. He's technically gifted. He's calm on the ball. He plays as good as a good midfield. You know, we all had that conversation a few years ago about John Stones. Could he play midfield because he can pass the ball really well? Allgate can do that without making bad bad passes and making stupid turns. He's a fantastic pass of the ball. He's fantastic. Exactly. And that's that's why, in my opinion, Holgate walks straight back into this team over Mina any day of the week. Godfrey, Godfrey's a utility man. He can literally play anywhere across the back four. He's left footed and can play right back. He can play in midfield. He's quick. He's strong. He's powerful. I mean, he comes into the Merseyside derby as a really tough time against Mane. And there's times when he's bursting forward and, he, and he's shooting from the edge of the box. You know, this is a lad we've just signed from a team that got relegated in Norwich. Um, yeah. it, it's again, it's competition. Everton all of a sudden have got a bit of competition in centre. This is why, don't get me wrong, Mina puts this absolute shit up, man. But if Godfrey starts and Holgate starts, Everton definitely do not concede as many goals, irrespective of Pickford being in goal. Don't get me wrong, Pickford's definitely guilty of a mistake every game. But we'll only concede one rather than two or three. Do you not like Yeri Mina at all? No. No, no. I, I, I like, I like I Yuri. Say, I like him a lot. I like him a, like not a lot. I like him a bit. Like I think he's, I think he does his job very well. Me, like in his 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 job, he does well. You know what I mean? If, like, if the ball is in the air. Mina will win the header. Yeah. If the ball's on the deck and he's on the turn, we saw it with the Mane goal. Ball no comes straight across the box. Ball comes straight across the box. He is in the wrong position. He should be standing three yards to the left. That ball shouldn't even get to Mane, but it does because he's not there. Keane steps over to try and recover for him. Can't get there. So Mina, positionally, that's his weakness. Do you think Keane's do you think Keane's under underappreciated? Like oh. in, in like in like football alone. So like I'm talking Absolute. with England and all that. Right now, yeah. How how Maguire started over Keane for England is is a joke. But as an Everton fan, I've got no complaints that he yeah. did. But Maguire can't start over Michael Keane at this moment in time. No, Let me just go him. get my charger, lads. No, no worries. Go on. <laughs> what so, do you think just... about it? Okay, you got you go question. I was going to take us on to defending because we seem to have moved on to that quite nicely. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the topics that we wanted to pick up on today. So, you know, what has happened to the art of defending? Um, there's a lot of goals that have been going in at the minute over yeah. in the Premier League. Um, I think there's more goals in the first few games than what I've seen uh, in the beginning of the season. So what has happened? You know, is it down to the evolution? Is it down to the fact that fullbacks are no longer proper fullbacks anymore actually they are more like wingers yeah and that there's more width there's more risk what has gone on well it's funny you should say that because that just made me laugh a little bit inside because you're saying there about like fullbacks actually being fullbacks and getting forward and not actually coming back anymore there was one point where Liverpool yeah uh, Liverpool's back four at one point state yeah Liverpool had 
um, Hippie, Carragher, Scale, and Aga. That was our back four. <laughs> yeah, four they're never going backs. anywhere. Four sets backs. And you yeah, know, they're what never mean? going like, anywhere. As you say now, but like, I think. I think a lot of tactics, a lot of a lot of players, a lot of teams are trying to play with this high line, and like trying to keep the team boxed in with the in the in their own area. I don't really think they that that them tactics really work with the four um, fullbacks that we've got now. Plus, also, I think they get. Do you remember we were saying before about the eleventh man? That that not having the fans in the stadium. Twelfth man. The twelfth man, yeah, the twelfth man. It's like um, you can play with ten men if you want. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like um, he said, like with no fans in the stadium, it it really does feel like it. There's no pressure to you know, so you can go to a stadium and you haven't got like you haven't got all these fans, so you feel like yes, and we we it's it's more like a training session with no fans, really, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's a bit like Sunday league football. You haven't got the pressure of, and also the referee doesn't have the pressure as well, does he? You know, with like the the fans and stuff like that. All these little tiny things, they t- they make a big factor into the bigger picture. Yeah. It's funny you should say about the pressure and the fans because that was one of the things that actually I picked up with the um, Amazon documentary, uh, which was, I think it was Mourinho, no, it was the players, it was Lucas Moira was actually saying that without the fans in the stadium, they actually feel more accountable because they can hear the directions and the accountability being passed down to them from the managers on the sidelines. So I don't know. I think it's kind of swings and roundabouts because on one side, we're saying that you haven't got the fans in there. You've not got the energy. You've not got the the feed that it gives you that really does give a lift to the team and maybe that extra 10% when they're feeling tired and getting towards the end of a game that adds that competitive edge to them. Yeah. But equally, they can actually now hear the backroom staff and the management teams and the coaches holding them to account every time they make a mistake. But... Going back to the the whole defending piece, it just might just bring you back in into this again. The question that I asked was, where has the art of defending gone? Is it down to the evolution of the, of the formations, the fact that fullbacks are no longer defensive fullbacks, they're actually more like wingers now? Is it, mm. it that there's more width, more risk? We're seeing far more goals than what we've probably seen in any other Premier League season this early. Yeah. Why? Is it VAR? Is it the rules over the handball situation and offsides? Right. What is it? I've got one more thing as well after you, Mike. Yeah, I, so for me, um, <laughs> all the simple goals, where's the art of defending? To be honest, it's a really difficult thing to answer because fans not in the stadium have as a massive part, which you've just, you've just said. Um, the fact that technically players can hear the managers absolutely means something. The fact that, you know, Players don't, fans don't put pressure on teams because they physically can't. They're not there. They can't hear us to defend better, to head that ball, to stop that cross. You know, you always hear it in fans in, in, in stadiums. Move over, get over to him. You know, it's your man, blah, blah, blah. You always hear it. You always put, so players get nervous. They, you know, and you'll see it time and time again that the big teams, there's very often low scoring games because they're, they're both too nervous to sort of attack each other because they, you know, you don't have that now because the fans aren't on their back. But another thing is you are right, the left back and the right back are wingers. They are, they are wingers. And your centre midfielder, most teams play with some form of, of defensive midfielder. 
And I think this actually, I think this stems back to Klopp. I think he was the first one to sort of break that Guardiola style of pass, 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 and and hurt you. Klopp went in and went, well, I'm not going to have a fabulous midfield. I'm not going to have a. Um, have a hard I'm not going Exactly. I'm going to have a midfield with people who simply win the ball and pass it forward. And they've adapted Fabinho coming. And Gosh. yeah, and, and at first, really wasn't asked about him. Look how good he is now. You know, Jordan Henderson, as an Everton fan, I hate saying it, but he's all of a sudden, he's got the ability to pick up a ball and, and beat three people and pass it yeah. on. We didn't Leadership. have that before. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the midfield positions, actually, with Alan and Decore, for example, with Everton, it's very easy to explain. Coleman, Coleman and Dean go up the pitch, and those two split to cover their positions. So the transition ends up being a 5-4-1 or a 4-4-3, uh, 4-3-3, sorry. So the transition's different, but we're seeing it, that teams are, are learning to overload so when a team is in transition, they're getting loads of players forward. You know, Henderson, Fabinho were literally camped on the edge of Everton's box at times with Mane, Firmino and Salah pulling the strings just in front of them. So if that ball come out to them, there was that shot coming back in. You know, Salah did it as well on, on their second goal. Ball comes out just on the edge of the box and Salah's there, one touch goal. You know, players are taking more risks Defenders are taking more risks and teams are more open. So I think it's a combination of all of that, yeah. plus VAR, um, that's causing a lot more goals. But I hate to say it, but I actually, for the first time in a long time, I'm finding football entertaining again. Because it is, at yeah. times At times I've struggled, you know, I've struggled watching Merseyside derbies last season, for example. I thought the Merseyside derby was shite at Goodison last season. It was a boring game. It was a game where both teams were nervous. Yesterday was a full-blooded game, and irrespective of the result, the outcome and the, and the, the action, it was good to see an old-fashioned Merseyside derby. Yeah. But do you know what, Mike? I've just been saying there, you, when, you, when you went, right, mm. there was one point where Liverpool were playing at the back four of Sammy Apia, Jamie Carragher, Daniel Agger and Martin Scale. Mm. And that was our back four. Yeah. Back four of four centre off, yeah. and you don't get that nowadays. I was saying, like, before, like, no, you know, the teams like to play a hard high line with, with four backs that like to push forward, and you're left mm-hmm. with loads of gaps. But, um, like, I feel like there's no great, great defensive, the art of defending, you've always got great centre back partnerships, yeah, and you don't really get great centre back partnerships anymore, you know, can't I'm name talking, them, can you? I'm talking PK, Puyol, you know, I'm talking Juventus, um, uh, yeah, Juventus, Chile, you need, uh, they had, yeah, they had a free, um, yeah, yeah. even, even like uh, John Terry and uh, um, Cavalier. Rio and Vidic, you've always got, it, it wouldn't work anymore. I, I don't it, think you get those anymore because actually part of being a great defender is, not just the ability to do, uh, not just with a, with a great challenge or world time and reading You've the play or head and ball. Baller. Yeah. And also you need to learn some of the dark arts, which is mm-hmm. learning to break play up, learning what you can and can't get away with. You know, I think of that, the Arsenal back line in the 90s was very good at the dark side of the game. 
They were yeah, very, very, games. very good at it. Um, say, but which is painful for me to say as a Spurs fan. <laughs> my argument with that, lads, is the, the, only, the, the, the most recent great partnership that we've seen that actually worked was Sergio Ramos and Varane. You know, and look what they've won. You know what I mean? Like, if you can have a great defensive partnership, that one that can knock it, nothing can get past you. Like, you know, John Teddy and uh, Roberto Carl, um, I can't pronounce his name. But anyway, they can see the 15 goals that in one season. Like, if you can get a defence, a defence that's just solid. As Jürgen said, it's it's not it's not your attack that wins your It's not your, the attack that wins your uh, trophies. It's, it's your defence. Your defence wins your trophies and. As I say, like I feel like nowadays, the, the, it's it's you don't get that great partnerships like you used to. You know what I mean? Are defenders defenders anymore, or actually are they just defensive midfielders that are not quite good enough to play defensive midfield? Is that um, what they are? You know, you, uh, Liverpool experimenting with Fabinho dropping in. Man City have done it when they were uh, bringing yeah, through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fernandinho, yeah, yeah, Fernandinho didn't he play in there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've done it with Polgate. Yeah. Um, Are you... That's a great question, actually. By the way, that's a fantastic question. That um, you're welcome. <laughs> no, because it is in a way, like you know, because Ramos has been playing since the, like the nineties and that, and he's so early nineties. So he he was in that, and, and the same with Gerard PK. PK was in that era of where you know it was fight first and then and then play. So yeah, it, it's sort of going out in it like that tough, hard centre back. It's now ball playing centre back. Even right? your goalkeepers are ball playing goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're looking around the place, and the faults that you're finding with most modern keepers now are they're not very good with their feet. You, yeah. you know, you need them to be Correct. both great with their hands and great with their feet. It's no longer just good enough to do one or the other. Yeah, you're spot on, and I think as well, you know, to sort of cap all of that off is the way that teams look to play now. So, for example, Liverpool they press, but they're more adaptable so you know for example Everton for example you see them regularly in games changing formation you know we played 3-5-2 we played 4-5-1 we played 4-3-3 in exactly the same game <laughs> literally within 5-10 minutes of each other because you're seeing the transitions you're seeing different players doing different things to try and open teams up now it's all about goals it, it, it's all about goals and I think it sort of goes back to that mentality on the clock, sort of second season. I think the season you finished runners up, I think you conceded 50 goals, but you scored 100. Yeah. To get Levine. It's sort of that mentality, but not all teams have got, you know, 75 million to bring in a Van Dyke and, and, and 80 million for Allison or whatever, you know, whatever it was. And, and that's where Liverpool went from being the challenger to being the winner. Do you get what I mean? They saw yeah, yeah, that yeah. defence. Enough out to keep most of them goals out, and I think I think conceded some like twenty five or something that I can't remember. But um, I think if team if 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 teams can stop conceding goals in some way and still play by cutting teams open, they'll win the league this season. That's why Everton won't win the league, by the way, because we can see far too many goals. <laughs> so, well, I think we better start to wrap it up there because we've been going a while. Can't eat um, but honestly. Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us on today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah, having you on. Same with you, Dylan. Um, I can hear him. Go... Oh, I can't hear him. You can't hear me? I'm going to shoot off, lads. Can't hear I'm, I'm struggling to hear. 
Oh, don't say that. Is it him or is it me? I can hear you, Stu. Ah, it's just him. Right, anyway, say hi, Dylan. <laughs> I don't know what's happened there. Right, so let's close it off then. So, Everton, where are you going to finish this season? Third. Third. Okay, so let's leave it at that. So, Everton, third place finish. I'll give you the top four if you like. I'll give you the top four, just quickly. Top four. Right, so you can all get your bankers on that one. Get down to your relevant uh, local bookmaker. Write this and, down. Uh, you'll write this one down. On two up top football, 19th of October, <laughs> we've declared Everton Man's... are going to finish Man's... in the top four. Yeah, Man City first, Liverpool second, Everton third, Tottenham fourth. Oh, blimey, you're getting cracking on that. No, that's it. Oh, now, once, you've, once you've sorted it out, you'll be fine. Tottenham will be fine. We haven't been sorted out for decades. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just drop that one or that one. Anyway, um, thank you very much for your time again, Mike. And don't forget, for everyone that's watching in our home, um, you can catch us again back on YouTube, all forms of social media, Spotify. On YouTube, you can get us on uh, youtube.com forward slash 2uptopfootball. You can catch us on Facebook and we will be back very shortly on Thursday to bring you five in midfield. Most likely going to be with myself and Dylan again because Gaz Mack is having a wee break. Um, once again, Mike, thanks so much for your time and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Everton are certainly entertaining us and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, celebrating with yourselves if you do make the top four. Hopefully, we'll say. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you all later. Bye.